All right, guys, and welcome back to Nerd Talk. And today we are going to talk about a movie that I've been wanting to talk about for a long, long time, and it is Man of Steel. Um, this is kind of a controversial movie for for multiple reasons, but um, with who played um, Superman to what the movie actually represented, did it or did it not kick off the DC universe? And today I have my friends Todd and Gavin. Um, Todd and Gavin were on, uh, I think, the Multiverse of Madness episode with us, so we're glad to have them back. Todd and Gavin, welcome. Hey, glad to be here. Yep, thanks for having us. So we're going to dive right into to Man of Steel and talk about this movie. Um, this is one of my favorite DC movies of all time, um, and I think it's one of the most underrated DC films. So we're going to get right into it. So guys, what did you think of Man of Steel? So um, I really liked Man of Steel. I thought it was very well done. Um, I thought that um, they did a good job, like portraying Superman in as well as realistic of a way that they could, because obviously he's going to be one of the hardest superheroes to portray realistically. But uh, like big shoes to fill, right? Like that role was like an iconic role. So yeah, and even like the world around him, they mm -hmm. kept that. So he's the first superhero in his world, and they did a great job just um, portraying him in that way. He's the first superhero, and he's that big of a superhero, too. So mm -hmm. they did a great job with that. Yeah. Um, I thought it was like, you know, post like Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy, this is the first real superhero stab that DC really does post that trilogy. And they, I think they continued with the, the sense of realism to his story. Um, both as Clark Kent and as, as Superman. So, um, Todd, what did you think of this film? I, I, I really liked it. Um, this was one that I, I had seen kind of in pieces, I think, over the last few years, but I never had sat down and actually watched the thing start to finish. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, for some reason, I just, I had, I don't know, in the in the past, I, I didn't have the interest to sit down and take this in and, you know, making myself do it. I'm like, wow, this is really well done. This is well put together. And, you know, having seen some of the later DC work, it's like, wow, I, I, I just got a found respect for where they started from with, with this DCEU, you know? Yeah. I think, I think you're exactly right. I think you texted me the other day and you were kind of doing a, a rewatch of this film before we recorded this podcast. And, and, and I think you're exactly right. I think this is one of the most underrated films within the DC universe. And, to be fair, I don't know. Yes, it's a DC film, but at the same time, I don't know if they really considered it a DC film. Does that make sense? Like it was, you know, like, are we, you know, did DC really, you know, start to to make movies and products like Batman versus Superman, which we're going to talk about in a future episode or Suicide Squad or things like that? Or was this really the kicking point or the kickoff point of what we know now as DC um, in the DC universe. So what were you guys' thoughts on Henry Cavill playing Superman slash Clark, Clark Kent? Do you think he was a good Clark Kent or a, a bad Clark Kent? Or do you think he was a great Superman and uh, a not so good Clark Kent? Like, give me your thoughts. Todd, what do you think of uh, the character development? Like we talk a lot about Batman, for example. Um, Christian Bale was, in my opinion, a good Batman and a good um, Bruce Wayne. Uh, and then like, uh, different uh, different versions of Batman. There are um, people that would agree that, you know, Michael Keaton was a good Batman and a good Bruce Wayne, but like George Clooney was an okay Batman, but not a good Bruce Wayne and so on and so on. So what were your thoughts on, on Henry Cavill as Superman and or Clark Kent? 
Uh, well, you know, I, I, I had to kind of look back a little bit to see, I mean, for, as an actor, I, I don't recognize him from, from, from other work. Um, mm-hmm. I actually went back to see, okay, what else has he done? Obviously he's, you know, he's been somewhere before, before this, this blockbuster movie. Um, and, uh, you know, I didn't really recognize a whole lot of his backstory, but I, 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 I liked, I liked him as Superman. I thought he was well cast. Um, I mean, it's, it's kind of a, I don't say it's a serious he's kind of a more serious take but it i i thought i thought the actor fit that part really well um yeah. i thought he had the right look um you know his demeanor seemed to fit um so kind of a little bit of a tangent here but you know as as a as a clark ken i think it kind of worked all right you know i kind of more focused on him as superman i think and i think that he fit that really well uh the clark ken i guess i wasn't really as as tuned into but uh yeah i mean i, I like i like that choice for for this movie yeah, I think you're right because um, again, I watched it again yesterday morning just to kind of do a refresher before we recorded today. But like, um, you know, I think you're exactly right. Like he, as Clark Kent, really didn't get named Clark Kent until you know the end of the movie when he goes up to the planet, the Daily Planet, right? And uh, the editor of the newspaper goes, "Hey, this is Clark Kent." They didn't really call him that up until the end of the movie, right? Like they, you know, who he was like, you know, like who his earthly parents are and like, you know, from the planet in which he came from, like, you know, that backstory from the movie, but they really don't recognize him as Clark Kent until the end of the movie. Um, Gavin, what did you think of uh, both, you know, Clark Kent and, and or Superman? I feel like it's a big ask to be Superman, right? It's like Batman or Iron Man. It's like those iconic roles, but what did you think? Um, I, I think he did a great job as Superman. Um, and uh, Clark Kent, he was more of a, he wasn't really the Clark Kent that you think of. When you think of Clark Kent, you think of the, well, the Clark Kent that they introduced at the end of the movie, the reporter glasses, Clark Kent. But um, at the beginning, he's more of, you know, the, uh, well, they show him as a kid. They show him as like an adult hiding from um, the government or anybody who would want to find out about his identity. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it was just, um he did a really good job as um, like just portraying how out of place Superman is in that world, even though he, so when I think of Superman, I sort of think of Captain America. So people say Captain America is like a man out of man out of time, mm-hmm. that sort of, but I don't, in the MCU, they never really make Captain America feel like he's a man out of time. They say he is and he's supposed to be, but he never acts any differently than normal people but superman he just he doesn't act like someone who comes from that normal world where everyone else is yeah i think and back to the name thing you know um clark kent versus superman i think they really focused in the the first part of that movie or the majority of the movie until they really show him as superman uh they call him kal-el right which is what his birth parents give him the name kal-el um but yeah, I think uh, he, I think he was a good as Superman and good as uh, Clark Kent, but I think he was a better Superman in my opinion. I mean, he's not Christopher Reeves. And again, that's a big ask to uh, fill those shoes. Um, you know, I kind of roll my eyes every time they redo Batman because, you know, like, can we not just not redo Batman because, <laughs> because there've been so many versions and so many people that portray him and, um, there's actually conversations about um, 
Henry Cavill coming back as Superman to do another Man of Steel movie. So um, I hope that happens because I don't really want another version <laughs> of Superman. So um, kind of shifting gears a little bit. Um, I'm a big film score buff and we talk a little bit about film scores on Nerd Talk, but um, you know, we talk about John Williams, we talk about Hans Zimmer, Alan Silvestri, so many iconic film score writers, but this film score is one of my top five favorite film scores of all time. And we're just talking the music that plays in the background of, of the film while it's going on. But Hans Zimmer did this score and, and Todd, my friend, you and I have a similar interest uh, in music and uh, give it to me. What did you think of the film score of this movie? Like, it, it, I think it's iconic and it's so simple at the same time. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was solid. Um, I mean, you know, again, superhero movies are probably a big ask for the composer, you know, mm -hmm. they, they uh, kind of bringing the the power behind scenes and then some of the softness. They probably don't get much either when they're in respect to when they compose the, the music for these films, right? Like they probably just get little snippets here and there. And they're, they're supposed to like create a, you know, something from very little, maybe is what I thought. Yeah. And one thing, I guess, um, and I actually want to go back and kind of just listen to the score, you know, mm -hmm. to kind of focus on that a little more, but um, it's one of those things, and I think this, the same thing can be true of, 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 of being a sound man as well, is if, if people don't notice, that's that's when it's great, right? So if the music is fitting, you know, there's nothing that's sort of standing out like, oh, that sort of took me off track a little bit. <clears throat> um, and, and that's sort of, you know, maybe uh, a side view of, of what's going on, but, you know, like when when a sound engineer or someone else kind of messes up during, you know, some kind of a live event, you know, it stands out, right. You know, people turn heads and, and, th and that kind of thing. And in that regard, I think the music fit really well and it kind of carried the movie through. And I really didn't focus a lot on it, but it just seemed to kind of guide the emotional journey through, which is, I think saying a lot. Yeah. I think my, like, you know, I could nerd about this for an hour, but like the, just that little piano riff that the Hans Zimmer wrote with the, the little, the perfect fifth and it's like bah, 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 bah. like it's literally throughout the entire movie and you know in those moments where clark or Kal-El is realizing who he is um like basically the movie stops and you hear that and it's like it's going on in the background the entire movie just like you're saying and you don't really pay attention to it but when the the composer really wants you to to notice that like it feels like everything else is stopping in that moment and it just fits so well. Gavin, what did you think of the music in this movie? Um, I, I thought the music fit the movie super well. Um, with that uh, piano uh, part that you're talking about, mm -hmm. with um, the Clark Kent or cow moments, I think it just, um, it matched the tone of what they're trying to go for so well. It um, perfectly like encapsulated what the moments were supposed to be like for Clark Kent, the um, meaningful mom moments for him. But then even the uh, score in the like um, the big battle in Metropolis later on, it just, it's so like, well, it's, it captures how um, devastating and um, powerful the forces in that battle are. It just, it, completely covers everything that's going on there and that's really quite a bit to do there yeah do, have you guys ever watched like um the behind the scenes uh of this film or like the extras on this movie 
Um, if you if you get a chance, go, you know, go back and watch that. But they actually do a piece on Hans Zimmer when he wrote this film score and the uh, the extras of this DVD, Blu-ray, whatever you're streaming it on these days. But um, there's a part, uh, Gavin, to your point, where they're talking about the the final battle, and there's this room, and it's got like twelve guys playing drums. And they're playing, and it's like it's really cool. And Hans Zimmer's talking about how he wrote that score, and like he wanted to have that, he wanted it to feel like what was going on in the movie. So like he has twelve guys sitting there in a room playing the same beat on all the drums at the same time, and it's just it's it's just really cool and how it uh, basically makes the movie come alive. So yeah, I again I could talk about film scores all day. So um, this film had a star-studded cast i mean there were so many good actors and actresses how did you guys feel about the cast and and who was your favorite character and we'll start with gavin um aside from superman Clark kent who was your favorite character um i think my favorite character in this movie had to be zod i just really um yeah i think um the actor did such a good job like portraying zod's commitment to his cause his purpose um which I I just think he did a really great job with that. I felt um I just felt totally invested in that character the whole movie. Yeah, you wanted him just like like he's almost like a like a Thanos type, right? Where he he wants to do the right thing or what he thinks is the right thing and he's kind of a sympathy character like an Anakin or a Thanos or something like that, but like yeah, for sure General Zod I wish they would have given him more screen time, to be honest. Like he, he was in the beginning and then he got sucked into like the, I guess their, their quote unquote prison, you know, for whatever that is or isolation or whatever. And then uh, you don't see him rolling until the end of the movie in the final battle. Um, but yeah, there were so many, so many characters in this movie, you know, Henry Cavill, Amy Adams, uh, Michael Shannon played Zod, um, Diane Lane played Martha. Um, Kevin Costner was in this film. Christopher Maloney, I think that's how you say his name, from Law and Order. Like I forgot uh, Todd yesterday that that Christopher Maloney was in this movie until I watched it again. But uh, oh, Russell Crowe, I forgot about Russell Crowe. Um, there's just so many good. So Todd, what was your favorite character or some of your favorite characters as we're continuing our conversation? Yeah. So I uh, I was thinking the uh, the actor that played Zod really he, he really nailed that. Um, that was, you know, that, that definitely came to mind. Um, I really liked Russell Crowe as Jor-El. Um, I liked also how they sort of incorporate him into the story after, you know, after sort of the, the, the beginning piece where they kind of show, you know, he, he dies, but then he, he's kind of back into the plot through, you know, through the pre- his presence in the ships and he's able to, to talk to, uh, uh, Kal-El, you know, and, and kind of give him the background of who he is and, um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to you know, any. I guess being that you know, Gladiator is one of my still one of my favorite movies. You know, when I see him in you know Russell Crowe in an action movie, it's like all right, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. Guess who did that film score? Hans Zimmer. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, I I would totally agree. Like, were you guys okay with like the back and forth of like the time that was in this movie? Like at the very beginning of the movie, we get kind of like the backstory of what's going on when Clark was born or Kylo was born or Superman was born on his planet and the destruction. And then they kind of fast forward to him as an adult and then they go back to him as a kid. And then they go back to him as an adult. And then, like you said, Todd, Russell Crowe comes back um, as Jor-El and kind of says, you know, this is who you are and this is who you were meant to be. And then they go back to the present. And then, and that's when Zod comes back, Gavin. And like, 
it's just there's a lot of back and forth. Were you guys okay with the back and forth with the story? Or yeah, was it confusing? I, I, I thought I, it was confusing the first couple of times I watched it. I think the back and forth it I think it was um the way they showed the past that was um uh it they were showing the way um Cal Clark Kent Superman the way he dealt with issues with like um regarding his powers in the past and almost every one of those instances mirrored something that happened later in the film mm -hmm. he was um more of like a fully fledged superhero and um I think they were just showing the way he dealt with those problems in the past compared to the future to um give you a background on where he was coming from like where he got his um motivation to make the decisions that he did that's a good point because it kind of mirror i i never thought of it that way where it kind of mirrors and goes back and forth to, to whatever's happening in the present or the future from excuse me the past Todd, what about you were you okay with that back and forth in that story i think they did a good job of telling the story it could have been confusing though yeah and i think maybe kind of like i told you i kind of watched it in pieces before and then i came back you know this past week and watched the whole thing i think that's where i kind of got lost before was you you can't, to me, it didn't work to watch it in pieces, you know, before, right? I didn't pick up the context of, you know, that the events, you know, were kind of where, you know, some of it was more of a sort of a dream sequence where he would, uh, I don't know, I think there's maybe a couple of scenes where he gets kind of knocked out and then he's kind of, he's having that flashback to something in his, in his childhood and then he comes back to the present and then, you know, the action continues. So, um, yeah, I thought, I thought it worked really well. I, I had no problems with that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it could have been a really confusing story, but like, I, like, again, I think they did a good job of, hey, this is, you know, this is what's going on in this moment. And it was kind of a flashback versus, you know, alternate realities and things like that. Like the, the story was consistent, um, which which was OK. Um, you guys both mentioned General Zod as the villain, as maybe one of your favorite characters in this movie. What did you think about General Zod um, as the villain? Was he a good villain? Was he... Was he okay? Was he, you know, was he like Thanos level? Was he, you know, I don't know, Scarlet Witch and Multiverse of Madness? Like we talk a lot about the villains um, on the Marvel side of things, but this was really the first shot for DC as a villain. Did he have a good first outing? Was he a good villain? What did you guys think? I I, I thought um, I, I thought he was great as a villain. Um, I think you kind of mentioned Thanos, which he kind of seemed to have sort of a similar motivation in, in the writing. Um, and I mean, obviously the actor, I think nailed it, but um, that, that, that worked for me. I, you know, some of the other, from some of the other DC movies I've seen where the villains are just, you know, uh, I hate to say it, but like, you know, Steppenwolf was very just abstract and, you know, it didn't, <laughs> you know yeah, well, he was like that just, you know, he just never seemed like it, he made sense other than just, I want to do bad things. Right. And, and where I thought Zod was kind of, you know, kind of the Thanos like where he, he had, thought, he thought that he was trying to save their planet. Right. And he thought that he yeah. was doing the right thing, similar to what Thanos was doing with genocide. Right. I mean, is that what you're trying to get at? I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he, he thought he had the right intentions and his, you know, methods were, were, you know, obviously pretty twisted, but you know, he, he thought he was going to preserve, you know, uh, Krypton, the Kryptonian race by, you know, the way he was going about it. So um, to me, it seemed believable for a villain and it was interesting and, and the delivery was great. It seemed, it seems like in the beginning, like my favorite part of that movie is the, the first 20 minutes, 
Like I think the first 20 minutes just nails it. When the when Krypton is their their Kalo is born, uh, they're talking about the destruction of Krypton. And but it the thing that really bothered me is like if you if you want to feel sorry for Zod for a second, like it's like those old people on Krypton didn't want to make a decision to save their own lives. And so he was trying to do what he thought was right. And so for the second, you know, not you know, not condoning insanity, but I'm I'm saying like they wouldn't they wouldn't move and they wouldn't you know make any effort to like change the norm they were like okay if the planet's going to be destroyed then we're just going to go with it it's like uh, it, it kind of like made me mad and it made you feel sympathy for zod for a second gavin what did you think of, of of zod as the enemy or the villain in this movie i think zod was just i think he's a very underrated super villain um mm-hmm. i don't think he gets talked about enough um and like really yeah, I, as compared to a lot of the DC movies moving forward, he is just so much better than any of those. And really, just about any DCEU movie that I can think of, none of them very, none of them have a very, um, I don't want to say relatable, but a very under, none of them have very understandable villains besides maybe Steppenwolf and the Snyder Cut, not the original version of that movie. But um, Todd, have you watched the Snyder Cut? I have, yeah. It's like six hours. <laughs> it's an investment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was telling our listeners, uh, um, or I was telling Todd and Gavin to our listeners before we started recording, like, um, I was doing like a refresher, you know, on these uh, movies as we're recording these podcasts in the next couple of weeks. And uh, they took the extended versions of certain movies off of HBO max. And so you can only watch certain versions. And like, for example, uh, Batman versus Superman, there was only the extended cut, which is over three hours long. So it's like, man, they really want you to watch those longer versions of those movies. But Gavin, what were you saying about uh, Azad being an underrated villain? Um, I, I think the moment where Superman finds him sitting in the, the wreckage of the um, Kryptonian ship. And he just says like, my sole purpose that I was created for was to protect Krypton. It's just, it's a really like emotional moment. I think it mm-hmm. um, really makes you feel bad for Zod. And like, as you were saying at the beginning of the movie, when they're showing Krypton being destroyed, that's in that moment, in that um, scene where they show Zod talking to the council, he is right there. I, I don't, obviously he isn't right when it comes to, um, uh, stopping uh, Superman or Kal-El from being sent away. But um, when he's talking to the council and saying how they're, they're not thinking it through about their decision to stay on the planet, I, he is right in that moment. Obviously, that doesn't turn into a good um, motivator. Or, well, it, that motivates him later on in the movie to make the bad decisions that he does make but um yeah i just think he he changes over the movie just because of that um initial decision by the council i think that and i think uh you know knowing that zod wasn't going to stop i think it like pushed superman to be superman if that makes sense like superman in this movie still you know very much learning who he is as a as a superhero his powers his abilities um and if you know, Zod wouldn't have pushed him in that direction. I don't think we would have got the ending that we got. Right. And like, he, he's, he's still learning. And like, I think that's why, you know, 
as we kind of like continue in our conversation with Zod, what did you guys think of the ending? Like, do you think it was abrupt? Do you think that like, so my wife and I, my wife watches, has watched this movie with me and she got, she doesn't like it because she feels like it drags on and on and on at the end because she's like, wait, they fight and they destroy basically the entire city. And then Superman just snaps Zod's neck and that's it. Like it just seemed very anticlimactic. Um, what were you guys' thoughts about that? Do you guys think it was abrupt? Do you think how Superman killed Zod was necessary? Or do you think they should have won another out? Todd, we'll start with you. Uh, I mean, it is a little, it is a little odd. Um, I mean, I liked how they framed it, though, where you kind of see, you know, um, you kind of see Superman's choice to, he's kind of choosing the hum- to protect the human race over kind of, you know, Zod's agenda, I guess, uh, and it kind of, kind of finalizes that. I think, um, in, in in a sense, uh, yeah. I mean, tactically, you know, the fact that his neck would just kind of break after they've done all this flying and crashing into the ground and through buildings and all that—that that, it seems that seems a little kind of a bit of an odd choice, you know. But um, I, I liked sort of how they framed that scene to where. You know that there's the family there and if he really doesn't have a choice at that point that it's either you know his back's against the wall and he needs to make right. a decision uh gavin what did you think about that did you think it was anticlimactic or do you think that it was okay with what they did um i i never felt that the ending was very anticlimactic i think it felt like the ending almost felt like somber the way he he really had no other choice but to kill zod because he knew that Zod wouldn't stop at that point. He was, he was just out for blood. He didn't like, um, like I said earlier, his sole purpose was to protect Krypton. And he just, he, um, when he didn't, didn't have his purpose, he was just trying to get revenge on Superman at that point. Superman knew that he wasn't going to stop unless he ended it right then and there where he had Zod in that position. So Mm -hmm. I, I think it, he just did what needed to be done. Yeah. It's not all right to me. Um, kind of switching gears, we talked about like kind of the story going back and forth from like when he was born to when he was an adult to when he was a kid to when he was a teenager, back and forth. Um, do you guys like how they incorporated both of his sets of parents throughout the movie, his his earthly parents and then his Kryptonian parents? Um, it, I mean, it's Kevin Costner for crying out loud. Like, it, come on, like he's he's not going to do a bad job, but like. I thought that the scene where the tornado killed him was just very like emotional and very powerful. What were you guys' thoughts about, you know, both sets of parents and and how they incorporated them into the overall story? Gavin, what did you think? Um, I, I think they did a great job making every parent not feel worthless. Every parent made a difference on his life, whether he knew it or not. Like um, Superman's mom, I don't remember her name, but um the he she didn't directly influence his life while he was alive but it's hard to say her name but it's like it's like farah ol f-a-o-r-a-u-l i I don't know how to say it either but yeah i know what you're talking about go ahead sorry the way she saved him from zod at the beginning and she made that decision to let him go um Mm -hmm. even though she didn't want to let him go she wanted to have her child but um all of his parents influenced him um, from Martha to uh, uh, Jonathan to his earthly dad and Jor-El, which I think um, those two especially, 
just because Jor-El influenced him once he was dead as um, the AI and Jonathan influenced him once he was dead from super memories. So yeah. I, I was just, it made a really great influence on him. Yeah. His Kryptonian mom, that one of the most powerful lines in the entire movie, in my opinion, is that uh, when Zod's trying to get to him and she's, you know, sends him away and she's like, he's beyond your reach. And it's just like, it's very powerful in that moment. Um, she probably, she got the least screen time, I think, out of all, all four of them. But uh, Todd, what did you think of his parents, both sets? I know I, I like the I like the play. Um, I thought it was a really positive um, uh, sort of relationship between, you know, and in, in, uh, between both sets. Um, I mean, in a way, I kind of almost felt like, you know, it was uh, kind of a uh, maybe like a sort of endorsement of, of like adoption and things. Um, you know, I thought that was that was kind of cool. Um, yeah, um, and I think it seemed like I had to go back and maybe check some of this out again. But even Jorel kind of had some nods back to his parents. Maybe I think even as the AI, which is uh, you know kind of interesting. But yeah, I, I thought I thought it was really healthy, really well done. Uh, yeah, very very good use of that. So going back, and you know, Gavin, have you watched the movie recently, or did you watch it in preparation for the, the podcast? Um, I'd, I'd seen it before, but I did watch it a okay. couple of ago as well. Yeah. So all of us have watched it recently in the last couple of days. Um, you know, thinking about the first time you've watched it, you know, Todd, not in pieces, but I guess in the last couple of days, watching it all the way through from start to be, start to finish. Um, how would you rate this film? One being, you know, a horrible movie that you would never go see again or never buy. And 10 being, you know, like the best movie you've ever seen. What What would you rate it? Todd? Uh, I would give it an eight. Solid eight. Yeah. Gavin, what about you? I'd give it an eight, uh, maybe an eight to an eight and a half almost, but yeah. I thought you were going to top your dad and just go eight and a half just to, <laughs> just to do it. Um, I, I'm right there with you guys. I think probably an eight, eight and a half, maybe a nine on a good day. Um, and again, I think this is one of the most underrated um DC movies and at Nerd Talk we haven't really, you know, talked much DC stuff. I know the DC uh, podcasts that we've done have been more about the animated series versus um, some of these early films. And um, yeah, I I would give it a solid eight, eight and a half, not on a good day. Um, there's talks about Henry Cavill coming back as Superman to maybe make another Man of Steel movie. I know that he was in this one. Obviously, he was in. Uh, Batman versus Superman and Justice League. Um, do you guys think they should make another Man of Steel with Henry Cavill, or do you think they should leave this one alone and just be done with it? He could have possibly been in Shazam too. We don't know. That's true. Maybe he'll show. Up, maybe he'll show up in Black Adam in, in October. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> um, what are your guys' thoughts, Gavin? Do you think they should make another one with Henry Cavill, or do you think they should just leave it alone? I think they definitely should make another yeah. um, one with Superman. And I think DC just has so many good villains, so many or so much good material that they can draw from for him mm -hmm. that which really with Ben Affleck too, but they just haven't done a lot or well, they haven't uh, fulfilled Superman yet in the DCU. It feels like he just, he stopped showing up a few years ago and I, it doesn't feel concluded with him. 
Well, the, one of the most interesting parts is we talk about how DC's approach to making films versus Marvel's and like Marvel, they do this character development and they have like this overarching uh, development of characters where they, you know, you see the development of Thor throughout the entire MCU and, and Iron Man and Captain America and all these different characters. I think Superman, Superman, Batman and Wonder Woman so far in the DC have the longest tenure as far as being in the most movies together, being in their own movies and so on and so forth. And I think that uh, Henry Cavill is a Superman aside from, I think Batman and, and Wonder Woman has had the most appearance appearances so far, but like, I think you're right, Gavin. I think they, there's just been a lack of storytelling with, with some of these characters. Like I want more of, of, of old man, Bruce Wayne and old man, Batman uh, and Ben Affleck. I want more of, you know, what happens post man of steel, you know, into, you know, Batman versus Superman or justice league. You know, I want to know what happens with Wonder Woman and et cetera, et cetera, right? Like, we don't get that with the DC. I think DC really focuses on individual movies versus building that, you know, depth and building that character development. So, um, did you guys hear that Ben Affleck's supposed to come back for Aquaman 2? Did you guys hear that yet? No, I didn't hear that. Yeah, I, I read it. I, one of my friends sent me that the other day. I was like, oh, snap. That'd be really cool. Yeah, or, I, I heard... Um, that with the Flash movie, they were going to like reboot the DCEU where like um, Superman would be replaced by Supergirl and Batman by Batgirl. And I, I wasn't really happy about that just because I really like Ben Affleck and Henry, Henry Cavill. And I, I think they just have a lot of potential that they haven't fulfilled yet. Mm -hmm. Do you think that this movie is the best DC movie out? Not not like buddy movie, not like Justice League or not like, you know, Batman versus Superman, but like individual DC movie like Shazam or, you know, et cetera. Do you guys think this is the best one? And it's okay if you say no. I mean, it, yeah. it totally is. <laughs> I don't think it is. Um, it, It's my favorite DCEU movie besides, you know, Batman versus Superman and Justice League and things of that sort, not including those. Mm -hmm. Um. Todd, what about you? Do you think it's it's up there for me? I mean, it's not my favorite, but it's up there for me. I mean, yeah, I, I would say right now it's 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 probably my favorite. Yeah, I really like Shazam. Shazam's one of my favorite DC movies. Um, I think it's underrated as well. Um, anything else you guys want to say about Man of Steel before we kind of wrap up? Uh, yeah. Cool. All right. Todd and Gavin, thanks you so much for joining us on this episode as we've talked about Man of Steel. It's been it's been cool to talk about kind of the development of Clark Kent, Superman, um, just in the early stages of DC. So, guys, thank you so much for joining us. And um, if this is your first time listening to us, make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram with at Nerd Talk with Jordan Halstead. Also, the majority of our social is on our TikTok channel. Um, we're posting every single day got quite a lot of traction on our channel and we're just we're asking questions we're posting goofy videos we're, we're asking you know hard nerdy questions that only nerds would ask so if you want to follow us on there follow us there and we will catch you next time on nerd talk